Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. It is Monday, September 11th, 2023. I suppose uh, a better day in our memory um, because of events. Let's see, what's today? 2023, 2001, 22 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I'd, I'd encourage you to think about, well, a number of things. Of course, the lives lost on that day and, and the, the years following, especially from the effects of uh, all the toxic dust and whatnot. Um, but also uh, our own role in, in that event, uh, whether it be the CIA, FBI, et cetera, and the way that we trained uh, the pilots that flew those planes. Uh, we were responsible for that as well. So Osama bin Laden was also uh, a CIA operative that we had trained. And then also all of the uh, loss of freedom that has come as a result of those day of that day. Um, there's always a um, there's always this possibility of a crisis being used um, not to promote freedom, but actually to with, withhold freedom and to restrain freedom. Uh, you saw this in the last few days with uh, the governor of New Mexico saying that uh, the Second Amendment uh, doesn't apply in the time in a, in a time of a health emergency. That is when there's so many people being shot by guns. And so we have to, we have to remove the freedom uh, to defend oneself in order, um, well, in times when others are, are misusing that uh, privilege. Well, yeah. Uh, I'll, I won't say too much more about it, except that I'm not sure that we actually know the whole truth. Um, I guess I'm one of those people they call truthers. Uh, I'm actually interested in the truth, whether it's the truth of God's word or it's the truth of um, the things we experience in this world. And I'm not confident that we're always told the truth because I know my own heart and I know um, the hearts that have been revealed by God's word is that all men are liars. Um, <laughs> that's uh, actually an assertion of Jesus uh, and, and his apostles and the prophets. So uh, if that's true, then we ought to be skeptical of what's presented to us as truth. And um, that doesn't mean that we can't lament and we shouldn't lament the, the great loss of life. But I think we should always be asking the question, why? What really happened? You know, what, what, was, what is the truth? Maybe what we're being told is true. Maybe it isn't. Um, but to just accept it as gospel truth without, well, it's not gospel, law truth, uh, without questioning and without uh, audit. And um, I'm not even sure the 9-11 commission um, was a truth commission. It seemed to be as much a cover-up as it was a truth. So it's a hard day, I think, for us. And, um, you know, half my life has been lived now under the shadow of uh, what is really, you know, in the 90s, we were f quite a bit more free than we are now. And uh, we have a much more oppressive uh, state today. It seems our state is has not given us greater freedom, but actually less as a result of those events. So that's tragedy upon tragedy, in my opinion. Uh, but that's all personal opinion. That's not really God's word necessarily. Um, maybe informed by God's word, but not necessarily. So um, keep asking questions. Keep uh, pursuing the truth. We talked about that yesterday when it came to wisdom, right? Uh, what is wise is to always ask um, questions of, you know, your your fathers, but also especially spiritual fathers. Um, is this what God's word truly says, right? And to keep pushing, pushing down on that until uh, everything is Jesus, right? Who is our wisdom? All right, that, with that said, let's pull up the devotion and let's begin in God's word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker 
of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, our psalm this week is Psalm 119, um, the second uh, part of the psalm, Beit, which comes after Aleph, of course. Beit, Aleph, Beit, yeah. Uh, And this was our psalm for yesterday as well. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the just decrees of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right. Um, here we have many synonyms for the same word. I went over this with the children. According to your word, commandments, um, statutes, decrees, testimonies, precepts. All right. Those seem to be all used synonymously throughout this psalm. You might even include Torah or law. All right. So the instruction of the Lord is good. We guard our way according to his word. We, we do not wander from the commandments. The commandments keep us on the path, right? Um, his statutes and his decrees guide us in the way we should go. All right. So this is always the nature of the law, is it's uh, a guide and also a, um, a mirror of, of course, that's the chief use to show us our sin, but also then uh, a curb to keep us from doing what we ought to do. We talked about this yesterday, the way of wisdom. Uh, it is not simply keeping the law, but it's actually following after Christ in the way that he goes. That is to suffer um, for the sake of the truth, to be to live in the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. Well, it isn't simply about right and wrong, although we can't even know that um, without God speaking to us, as we talked about. Or at least what we know of it is, is corrupted even by our own flesh. Right? So speaking of the way, uh, our memory verse. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Romans 1 verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Romans 1 verse 16. And then our catechism for the week is the third and fourth commandment. Third commandment, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise or anger our parents and other authorities, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. All right, so um, these two commandments, actually, even though we, we distinguish third commandment as belonging to the first table, you shall have no other gods, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God and remember the Sabbath day, all regarding uh, love for God, uh, the fourth commandment being then to the second table, love for neighbor, honor your father and your mother. Um, but there does seem to be a pivot between the two. And uh, had a conversation yesterday 
on the topic of wisdom, which was the sermon, and uh, it was a follow-up later on in the day, uh, which people do often, and uh, thankfully, you know, the uh, peaks their uh, question, maybe. The sermon uh, inspires them to uh, think more deeply about God's Word. And in this regard, it had to do uh, with the way that, that uh, children and grandchildren have departed from the faith. Now, the first point here is that it's dishonorable for them uh, to not continue in the way of, of grandma or, or of mom, right? Um, mom taught them to go to church. Mom even said, um, well, if dad were still alive, um, he would be, um, he'd be you know, bringing down the hammer. In other words, the third commandment, right? Saying to them, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Stop your work, go to church, right? That's what it means, quite explicitly. And uh, somehow, the, you know, you know, this mother or grandmother was lamenting the way that her um, children and grandchildren uh, no longer remember the Sabbath day. Ah, but who teaches the children to remember the Sabbath day? In this case, she would say it was dad. Now that dad is gone, uh, the children have walked away, and the grandchildren, some of which aren't even baptized. All right. Um, well, what's the problem here? Honor your, your mother, and your father and your mother, right? Don't despise or anger them, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. So if they say go to church, you go to church. Well, in this case, mom did not tell the children to go to church anymore. Doesn't tell off the grandchildren, hey, why aren't you baptized? Get baptized, right? Um, and so then, uh, unfortunately, was bearing a great deal of weight or, um, what do you want to say, um, yeah, conflicted conscience, right? And this is, this is not a unique experience. Um, but the excuse usually goes something like this. Well, this generation or the, the kids these days or something like that. It's like, well, is it the kids or is it actually the parents? And my suggestion would be it's actually the parents. It's the congregation who has lacks the courage to actually say to people, um, go come to church. Um, or in the case of yesterday, to tell the people grilling, stop your grilling, go over to church, hear God's word, come back and pick up where you left off grilling. Right? Um, now, is that accusation? Absolutely. That's what law, God's law does. It accuses us of our sin. Right? There's no excuse to be uh, working on a picnic when God's word is being proclaimed across the street. There isn't. There's not a single excuse for that. Uh, well, oh, the grill will go out. What a put, light, light the grill again. Right? Um, and so, you know, I guess there is a, a way that you might hear that as, oh, pastor just wants to protect his job, or he just, you know, he's so proud of the work that he did, and he wants to make sure you hear it. Okay, there might be some truth to that. But no, it's, it's under the conviction of God's word. He says, do not despise preaching in his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. This is why I, um, and I even said as much at the picnic, I was offended that people were eating when we were studying God's word across the street. It's an offense to God's word to forsake the gathering together of Christians around God's word in order to go have lunch, right? That's an offense. Um, and you should feel the accusation of God's law for that. And uh, hmm, I guess I'm convicted here, um, and I'm trying to convict you as well, in that um, next year the church picnic can't be the way it was this year, or in years past, right? Nope. When we're done with church, done with Bible study, then we can go and have our picnic. That's how it works. And, um, and by extension then, um, we can't have voters' meetings that take the place of the study of God's word. It can't happen because it's it's actually despising preaching and his word, holding it sacred to gladly hear and learn it, right? So our voters' assembly needs to be after Bible study. That's how it has to be, all right? Um, and I put up with it for a few years, but uh, I'm done <laughs> because uh, my job as pastor is to, to call you to account when you forsake God's word in such a way, all right? So we're going to do that. And... Uh, mm, 
there's much more that could be said, but uh, yes, uh, this is uh, not acceptable. It's just not acceptable, and because it's a for, it's actually um, rejection of God's word. So, uh, and also, I uh, you know we've talked about this with uh, the farmers who say, well, I have to milk the cows. Well, there's actually a parable about this. You know, I have work to do, and Jesus does not accept that as a legitimate excuse. And uh, when it comes to uh, keeping the Sabbath day, it is set apart. Um, you set apart your work rather than worship your work. You worship the Lord, right? But if you forsake the worship of God um, in order to work, then you have other gods that are actually higher than God, at least in that moment. All right, so that's back to the first commandment again. Uh, so my conviction here is that we actually don't believe this word. And that's why we make excuses about our children and grandchildren. This is why we, we don't speak. This is why pastor has been, uh, he's spoken behind the scenes. He's spoken to the council and to elders before that about, and now the board of directors about um, how this isn't acceptable. Uh, but now I'm telling you, right? We need to cut it out, right? We don't have better things to do than to hear God's word, especially when the call to worship has come. All right. So uh, and there's more conversations I could have with you about yesterday, but that uh, that's probably enough. Um, there were many other examples, actually. And uh, it's unwise to connect to the, um, to the sermon. It's actually foolishness to live as if uh, the picnic matters more than God's word being preached at that time. All right. Hopefully that's it for that, uh, and we can uh, turn the corner and do better moving forward. Our first reading, then, is from Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Or for the Hebrew, Sabbath. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is still called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, what is it? Or was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now, with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his Sabbath rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. All right, so here's the, uh, the preacher to the Hebrews in his sermon, um, giving us an exposition on the reason why God's people were caused to wander in the wilderness for forty years. And all of them died, except for their, their children entered into Canaan and into the rest the Lord promised there. Why? Because they refused to hear the word of God. They refused to heed his command. Right? They did not live trusting in the promise, but they instead lived as they mattered more. Right? And as a consequence, God brought judgment upon them, which is what we're experiencing as a congregation, as a community, as a world. It's because of our unbelief that we are experiencing this lack of rest, this lack of Sabbath. All right, and to the Sabbath, Exodus 31. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. 
For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written with the finger of God. Okay, so whose Sabbath is it? According to the Lord speaking to Moses here, whose Sabbath is it? Uh, Certainly my Sabbaths you shall keep, right? So we're saying "Mm, it's his, right? It's the Lord's Sabbath given for man, not man for the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath to be between God and Israel? What does he call it here in verse 13? A sign between me and you throughout your generations. Why? That you may know that I am the Lord that sanctifies you. All right? So that's the other aspect of the Sabbath here that we don't want to miss, is it actually is the Sabbath by which the Lord sets us apart for his good use. So he sets us up, sets apart a time and a place and a people to it in which we would hear God's word and be set apart um, by him, made holy. Okay, so we see that word again. Um, the Sabbath, therefore, it is holy to you. It is holy to you. All right. Um, and we see that again. Well, we saw that back in Exodus 20, and we see it there in verse 14. It's holy to you. It's holy. It's set apart. It's not to be profaned. Hmm? So the time that the Christian assembly sets apart for worship is not to be profaned. Mm-hmm. And we talked about some of the ways you could profane um, that time. Uh, what were the violators? Um, why were the violators to be put to death or cut off from among the people? You can be thankful that that's been set apart in the New Testament church. Why? Because by rejecting the holiness, the sanctification, the being set apart that God gives in the Sabbath, um, they're actually rejecting his rest. And the consequence of that is death. So to absent yourself from the divine service, from receiving Christ's rest in the forgiveness of sins, um, is to die and is to be cut off, right? Um, this is uh, what Jesus will later give in, in his Gospels, both Matthew and John in particular, is the office of the keys, right? Whoever sins you uh, forgive, they are forgiven them. Whoever sins you retain, they are retained. John 20, uh, Matthew 18. Yeah, right? So it's just, a, this is what we talked about in Bible study yesterday, uh, a proleptic judgment. They're put to death immediately and they're set apart immediately because that's ultimately what will happen to them on the last day as well. Um, it doesn't say that they can't be uh, restored again, uh, but it will be in the resurrection. <laughs> so it's a death and a resurrection here. So who was to keep the Sabbath as a perpetual covenant? It's the children of Israel, right? the children of the promise. Um, by the way, it's Sabbaths, so it's not just uh, Saturday, but it's every day that's been set apart. So the whole um, calendar, the whole feast calendar, so including other days. Uh, Christians have struggled with this mightily setting apart Christmas Day, setting apart um, Easter, um, setting apart days that happen within the week. For example, uh, the Day of the Ascension, which is on a Thursday. Again, it's set apart for God's good use. We treat God's word as an optional thing, and then we treat the place and the assembly of God's people as optional then, as a consequence. Um, So why? What interprets these events? How often have there been Sabbaths? Since the foundation of the world, right? Even the Lord himself uh, worked for six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested. 
or he took a Sabbath. All right. Um, so who gives us true rest on the Sabbath? If it's a sign between the Lord and us, then it's he is the one who gives the Sabbath. He's the one who established the Sabbath. He's the one who gives us true rest. Or, as you saw, I um, found an, a fun meme there. I come to you unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you Sabbath rest. Right? The rest or Sabbath. Same word. Um, Take my yoke upon you, for it is easy. Right? Which is how it keeps going there. So Christ is our true rest. He's our Sabbath. Just as you heard yesterday, he is our wisdom. Uh, Chris says, sometimes I just want to shout to everyone to listen because I want them to come um, to heaven. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I posted on um, Facebook, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a little statement that I actually don't think we believe in the power and authority of God's word working by the Spirit to give faith or to restore people to faith. We think that if, we're, if we bug people about coming to church that they're going to somehow you know, become hard of heart. Well, that happens sometimes. But other times the Spirit works through that encouragement and to restore people. Um, so the problem isn't with God and his word. It's not with the Holy Spirit. The problem is with our lack of courage, I think, uh, at least in part. Mm-hmm. So you'll note here there's an important aspect of um, the Sabbath rest. It's not just a rest in God's word. That's the chief use. But it does have a secondary benefit, I would suggest, which is rest for the body. Right. So it is both body and spirit. And uh, setting aside your work in order to go hear God's word is is rest. It actually is to rest, right? Uh, now, we already saw Hebrews 3, but um, Hebrews 4 is even more profound on this point. Um, it's, I mean, the chapter here in New King James, it actually has a heading that they've added, the promise of rest. <laughs> the promise of rest, right? So what else is indicated by the Sabbath? Therefore, um, this is verse 9 of Hebrews 4. There remains a rest for the people of God. Again, it's a sabbatismos in, uh, in Greek. So why don't we call it Sabbath? There, there is therefore a Sabbath for the people of God. For he who has entered into his Sabbath, or into his rest, actually it's a different word there, has also himself ceased from his works as God did from his. All right? And then, let us therefore be diligent to enter into that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. That's the example that you saw uh, above in Hebrews 3. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now we're directing towards the last day, towards the judgment day. So the Sabbath rest, ultimately, that we're talking about here is eternal rest with Christ, as Chris rightly pointed out, to come to heaven, to rest with Christ eternally. All right, so then who is connected intimately with Sabbath rest, or what is connected, we would say, the word of God, right? There remains a rest for for God's people in the word. Um, By the way, then, who is also the Lord of the Sabbath? (laughs) Uh, There's that controversy over Sabbath healing, Matthew 12, uh, but the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath, as it says, or of the Sabbath. Hmm? Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And the answer is, of course it's lawful, because the Sabbath is given by God for man. All right. That's the end of the giving of the law, at least here before the golden calf incident, which we'll look at tomorrow. So you want to see how um, how great people are at keeping the Sabbath? Just wait t- till tomorrow. Um, and then it says that the uh, testimony is written, here the third commandment, written on tablets of stone with the finger of God. 
the finger of God. That finger of God will come back later. Okay. So, Jesus Christ is truly Lord of the Sabbath, for he made the Sabbath and gave it as a gift to man at creation. The Sabbath is realized as Jesus brings healing to those whose bodies suffer under the curse of sin and frees their souls from the burden of guilt. All right, so that's the important point here. Why do we want people to come to church? Not that they feel burdened by coming to church, but that they come to receive the unburdening of their conscience through the forgiveness of sins. The Sabbath day was holy because God had declared it holy, even as he declares us holy and righteous for the sake of his Son. Those who worked on the Sabbath were denying the work that God would do for man by sending his Son to die on the sixth day and rest in his tomb on the seventh day. This important fact about the centrality of the Sabbath is also seen in the way it frames the account of Israel's rebellion with the golden calf, which we'll see tomorrow. After Israel worked for another god and been called to repentance, then the Sabbath regulations were repeated so that Israel might be returned to the true rest found in Christ. That'll be in Exodus 35. So like I said, there is a return for the people of God, even though many did fall as a consequence of their rebellion against the Sabbath uh, with the worship of the golden calf. But you'll have to Wait to hear that until uh, the next few days. All right. Shouldn't be controversial, uh, but I think it is because we've uh, fallen under the sway of, a, of uh, a falsehood of foolishness. All right. So, uh, commending the Lord uh, to keep us steadfast in his word. Hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Uh, let's sing our hymn. Uh, I knew there was one thing I hadn't done yet, and that is to give us the accompaniment. Just give me a moment. 655, right? That begins with a six. Yes, there it is. a commemoration, but let me confirm. No, uh, not until uh, Thursday, Holy Cross Day. All right, let us continue with prayer. O Lord, keep your church with your perpetual mercy, and because of our frailty we cannot befall. Keep us ever by your help from all things hurtful, 
and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for uh, faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray uh, from Frankie and Gus, who celebrated their birthday yesterday, and we sang to them at the picnic. Uh, Also, Michael, who celebrates his birthday today. With Len, who celebrates his baptism this day. With Matt and Vicky, celebrating their anniversary. Uh, They're not in the chat. Okay. Uh, We also pray for the households of our church. Ashley, Jim, Alan and Jane, Jim and Elaine, Jesse and Lisa, uh, and Jim and Karen. Pray for our catechumens, Wyatt, James, Aaliyah, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly, Allie, and Teresa. Pray for all those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Pam, Joe, Kelsey, Dennis, Naomi, Christopher, Marcy, and Sophie, Brad, Ron, Doug, and Bev, Donna, Jim, Pat, and Wendell, Darlene, and District President, Willie. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church especially this month with the Federowitz families. Continue to pray for the Tupper family uh, to find new housing and for the, our students and teachers returning class. For all this, let us pray to the, to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, that's our congregation of prayer for today, September 11th, 2023. It's good to have you with us here this morning. Uh, I hope you can join us each day about this time, 9 o'clock. If not in person, you can also watch on replay um, or even better, I would suggest, (laughs) as much as I I love uh, speaking to you here and uh, encouraging you, commending you to uh, follow God's word and to hear it gladly hear and learn it. Um, It's also important that we pray with one another and to encourage one another in God's word. So um, uh, that's the purpose of the half sheet, which we use uh, for our daily prayer each day in school. We send home with the children to use in their homes, and we send home with our congregation on Sundays. All right, so God be with you all and keep you safe. Hope to see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.